You're listening to Adishokbe Live. How would you summarize the story so far before the big break? Hmm. Nah. Love One Since He Is. <clears throat> so I literally made that record. I didn't even make it in a studio. I made it in a, in a living room. It's so great that you were there because the first time I was in London, you were the guy, you know? You were the guy that took me around. And right now, I feel like <laughs> with the way social media is right now, the sky is literally the limit. Facts. You know, like you have people going viral. Different people are using this platform to share their talents with the world and the world is loving it. The energy was so crazy. Like, you know, it was one of the most memorable nights of my year. Absolutely. You know, I was like, I remember that night a lot. So big shout out to the Afrobeat Podcast. Right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another edition of Adi Shopper Live, the official Afrobeats podcast, where we break down the hot topics within the culture and the studio, and sometimes I have a special guest who comes in to join me to talk a little bit deeper. As always, we're recording live from the Afromedia studios in London. We like your subscriptions, your comments, your sharing. Please continue to do that. That's how we get to pay the bills, so make sure you do it. And as always, uh, you can also visit shoops.com where you can get tickets to any events happening anywhere, bottomless brunches, concerts, raves, club nights. And if you're an event promoter, you can also load your tickets on there for people to go and find you. So what are you waiting for? Get Shoops in right now. Now back to my guest in the studio, all the way from Lagos, Nigeria. This brother is completely tearing up the world right now. They call him the African boyfriend. Boy, a lot of us know him as. CK! <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> My brother, move closer. Out here, out here. Listen, <laughs> you're looking like money already. You're smelling like money already. <laughs> Listen, I think it's platinum in France. I think it's gold in the UK. I know it's yeah. gold in Canada. I think it's. Yeah. Have you run out of countries where this record is? <laughs> This record is completely picking up plaques. Yeah, like, I even, like, there's some countries I haven't heard of that, you know, it was certified in, you know. There was there was this country, I can't remember it, but um, I think I saw a tweet, someone said, I'm, I'm like Christopher Columbus <laughs> discovering new countries. <laughs> but it's crazy, like, you know, people all around the world just showing love, you mm -hmm. know. Like, that's that's just what it is. It's crazy, like... It doesn't matter the race, doesn't matter the the color of their skin mm. or the language they speak. They just connect with the energy, and that's just amazing. Listen, before we get into the groundbreaking, earth-shattering record that is Love Wantinti, if you didn't know, um, let's talk about CK a little bit. You know, um, you've been around mm -hmm. for quite some time mm -hmm. as a writer, producer. Basically, someone in the studio in the background working not only on yourself but also alongside other talents. How would you summarize the story so far before the big break? Hmm. Man, it's hard to summarize mm. it all, but um, let's just say, <clears throat> let's just say, uh, I was I moved to Lagos in 2014 and uh. Yeah, that's when I ran away from home. And mm. basically, when I came here, I kind of had a plan. 
I had like a master plan so I could produce and I could write, you know. So at that point, that was what I had to offer. So I had to do that for a while, you know, until I could get the chance to put out my own music and do my own thing. So um, let's just say that journey led me to Chocolate City, then to Warner Music in 2020, Mm. which is where things like really, really kicked off, you Mm. know. So I would say the journey has just been, yeah, it's just been a, a situation of me just following my process Mm. you know um everyone has a process everyone has a journey and that was my journey and now we're here at this point of the journey it's still an ongoing journey and we're still going somewhere you know and i'm i'm grateful for where where i am right now i'm grateful for um everyone who Mm. has shown support and love in different ways Mm. in little ways in big ways you know it's i feel like what we're doing right now is Mm. a combination of all that Facts, you know, so that's basically Fact. the story. Now, one of the other things is I know the last time we caught up in 2019 when you had come to London, you spoke about you know having interest in astrophysics and <laughs> you know music deeply. And where did those talk to me about that? Where were those little things that made you different from the beginning? Yeah, um, well. It's just me, I'm weird, Sha. <laughs> we all are. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not like most people. So for me, um, I was really good at science in mm. school, right? I was just I just knew how to do it. Like it was not even it wasn't hard for me. Wow. You know, I was I was actually a straight A student. But the weird thing is I just never saw myself doing any like doing any career that had to do with physics or mm. chemistry or biology because I just thought it was boring, you mm. know, like for me to actually do it. But reading about it and reading about like the universe and how th- the Big Bang happened mm. and how existence as we know it happened, it's, it's really interesting, mm. you know. I think those things are interesting, but I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I wanted to do music. Music is what I loved. It's what interested me. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's just yeah. You can you can pass it through. No worries about that. You can yeah. you can pass that through. Thank you. The brother asked for some coffee. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's I, the first. That's that's the first coffee request we've had in the studio. Oh, for real? I swear. <laughs> CK the first. Hey, yo, <laughs> yo. And if you didn't know, that was his EP at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah, CK the first is my. Hmm. It's mm. a very important EP for me. Um, and it's so crazy because when I made that EP, I made it with the state of mind I was in was this is going to be like my representation of Afrobeats hmm. in different forms, like from the known Something to the unknown. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. From the known to the unknown. So <clears throat> um, from songs like DTF mm. to Love Wantenty to Kalakuta yeah. to Way to Ski Ski, to Benny with Barry J. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Remembering that. Yo, yo. Yeah, so all those songs, I just, I wanted to like capture different sides of Afrobeats in the way that I understood it, you know? So I put that out and I, I always knew that that project was going to change things, you know? Mm. I always just knew and I, I put it out. Most people didn't really understand change. the vision. Yeah, it's great, yeah. I'm listening. Keep on talking, bro. Okay. Most people didn't really understand the vision at the time. Um, I would say even people 
in my team at the time, you know? Like, for instance, Love, Love Wants and T was never a single. You know, it was never my first single. It was never the song that, you know, the label heard and like, oh, this is the this is the hit. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it was it was not a club record. It wasn't a yes. So like, but I always just I always just knew actually. I always just knew. <laughs> so that's basically the story. Mm. And uh, CK the first is on Billboard right now. So wow, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> you speak about you know sound, especially um, you making your own version of Afrobeats, mm -hmm. which you call, is it Emo? Emo Afrobeats, yeah. Talk, talk a little <coughs> bit more about that. Yeah, so basically Afrobeats, for anyone who has been listening to Afrobeats from time, you know, you know that the sound has evolved. Yep. You know, from the time of Fela to yep. the time um, of Victor Waifo, yep. Rex Lawson, you know, around that period, I would say that the music all these people were making was the foundation of Facts. what all of us are doing right now. One thousand you know, percent. We built on what these pioneers did. Yeah. So, <clears throat> music Afrobeat has always been very heavy on rhythm. Yeah. And dance, and you know, sometimes it was about talking about issues of the country. Yeah. Like fella, fella was yeah addressing yeah. social injustice and stuff. So it it was it was in that space at yeah. the time. So for me in my time and place that I find myself, um, I just feel like my interpretation of Afrobeat should reflect who I am and Facts. what is most important to me. So I talk about love and I talk about my emotions in my music. I'm a cancer. Hmm. That's my star sign. And cancers are emotional people. So I just put that energy into the music. It's, it's the same rhythm, it's the same Afrobeat, but it just has CK energy in it. Mm. So most people, when they listen to my music, it's like the feelings I was feeling, it's like recreated mm. in them when they listen to it. And that's basically what Emo Afrobeats is. Afrobeats, but with emotions in it. How did you learn to produce? Huh, it was... Uh, okay, so it was uh, around... Uh, when was that? I think when I just got into secondary school, so there was this old friend of my elder, he was my elder brother's friend, actually. Yeah. He wasn't even my friend. So I always used to hang out with my elder brother who was like six years older than me. So his best friend, his name was Emmanuel. Mm. So after, after they graduated from my school, <coughs> I hadn't seen him in like four or five years. So my parents, we moved to a new house and he turns out to be our neighbor. Wow. So, you know, we linked up and we we're just catching up. And he was like, he played me music that he was making. I'm like, whoa, you made this? Like, he made a beat. And he was so good. And I'm like, I can't believe you made this beats with this computer. Is it right? <laughs> like, you mean you didn't play bass? You didn't play keyboard? You didn't play everything? Like, you just sat down and computer. made this beat? And he was like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, bro, you've got to teach me. <laughs> wow. Or else we'll fight. <laughs> so he taught me the basics. Um, but the funny thing is after he taught me, he just went AWOL. So he didn't like see it through to mm -hmm. the end. So I had to like, after that first lesson, I was, I was kind of left hanging. So I had to learn wow. the rest on my own. I had to go online. I had to, in fact, at that time, at that time, internet in Nige was so slow that no. you, you couldn't really stream YouTube at that time. So mm. it was articles I learned from, wow. not really videos. It was articles. Um, I would read the the help files from the software. 
Wow. <laughs> it was FL Studio at the time. So I was going I was reading the help stuff. Then I was making beats every single day. You know. That's kind of how I learned. I started I started recording myself with the headset mic. Wow. I didn't have I didn't have money to buy a real mic. <laughs> so I saved my pocket money from school and I bought a headset mic. And I was using that mic to record. I recorded my first song. And in school, people people heard my music and they're like, yo, we like we like this stuff. So other people started asking me to produce for them in school. No way. <laughs> so I would I would come to school with that mic, that same mic, and record them. And it's so funny because in my school, phones were not allowed and laptops were not allowed. Well, you snuck <laughs> so it I, in. I, I snuck it in, yeah. <laughs> First of all, have you heard or seen Emmanuel since then? I heard him. We spoke actually like two months ago, funny no enough. Way. Yeah, we spoke and he was like, yo, I'm so proud of everything you're doing. Um, he's always been a great guy, man. It's so funny because he didn't even take music as serious as I did eventually. He's an engineer right now. He's doing very well, actually. Yeah. But for me, yeah, I feel like that day he played me those beats and I realized that I could make a song like in my house without going to a studio. Because, I, I mean, I couldn't afford studios. That day was the day that my life changed. Because wow. <laughs> I just rea I realized that, okay, I can I can do this shit. So I died there. <laughs> what was your childhood like? Talk to me about the family setting. You mentioned briefly that you basically ran away from home to follow your dream of being a musician. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about, you know, the family setting and your childhood. What, what it was like, where it was. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a, in a city... In a town, rather called mm. Kaduna, mm. it's it's in northern Nigeria. Um, it's a predominantly Islamic town, yeah. actually, and uh, my parents were Christians. We we're a Christian family, so my dad, my dad used to go to an Anglican church, yeah. and he was the choir master of that church and wow. the organist. And my mom used to go to a Pentecostal church, so they used to go to two different churches. So from time to time, I would shuffle between my mom's church and my dad's church and um i would say yeah my parents were very strict actually very very strict so they didn't really let me go out that much mm. so i had lots of time at home and i'm very hyperactive i can't sit down in one place like i'm i'm folded yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hyper so i need to be doing shit so at that time that's when i just discovered you know production and record that I could record music mm. before then i was just playing piano um my dad taught me how to play so i learned how to play piano from actual reading notation wow. like i used to read the yeah. music stuff yeah so my my dad used to teach me hymns and stuff so i had all the books for hymns and mozart and a couple of stuff so I, I used to play those but at one point i was just like i don't want to be I don't think I learned keyboard to be playing people's music. Mm. You know, I just felt like I wanted to make my own music. So I didn't really know how to compose or anything, but I was just like, I was just doing my thing, and I got better at it over time. So that's pretty much it. My parents wow. didn't, didn't let me do, do much, but I was just in my room always doing this. You know, my parents used to complain that every day I'm making noise, my loud music, this one. But me, I didn't care. I'm like, if you didn't let me go out, then... Should I I <laughs> when you moved to Lagos, leaving home, your home comfort, your home turf mm. behind, going into the big city of Lagos, that must have been daunting. Yeah, How old were you when you went to Lagos and what was that experience like 
just coming to a big city, chasing a dream, having nothing and knowing nobody. Yeah, I think I was uh, 19. God damn it. Or so. Yeah, I think I think I was 19. I mean, it, it was it was crazy. Like, <laughs> I was on the plane. And when I, when I was on the plane, I was like, I don't know, something was telling me this plane would crash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mind would start running. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, please let this plane not crash so that my parents will now not say I told you. <laughs> Even though I won't be allowed for them to say I told you. But anyways, you know, the plane didn't crash and I, I got to Lagos safely. Um, it was scary, man. I was I was staying with a friend of mine for a while. He was also a producer and he was working with the label in Surulere. So they gave him an apartment to stay. So I stayed with him for like a month before I got mine. And it was it was yeah, man, it was just like it's not like I came and I knew, you know, I knew the big shot and I knew everyone. I I literally came from zero, from mm. like literally. Like when I came to Lagos, I was working in four studios at the same time, you know. As uh, a producer, engineer? Yeah. So I'll go, to, I'll go to the studios and I'll ask them like, oh, I can produce, I can mix, blah, blah, blah. I'll play them my stuff. And... Uh, most of the most of the studios already had producers, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, I was like, okay, cool, but I can, I can mix. Do you need do you need an engineer? And they're like, oh yeah. So I was mixing for some studios. I was producing for some, and uh, the fifth studio was Chocolate City wow. Studio. That was the fifth studio. So I was shuffling all these places until you know I kind of found my feet. Pretty much, that's that's how the that's story was. That's crazy. Now. Um, we mentioned CK the first, we mentioned you know your 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 genre of Afro beats. Mm -hmm. Um now it's time to talk about this crazy record. Mm. <laughs> love wanted T for Nigerians, we know what that means. That just means sweet love and it's mm -hmm. just over loving. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the record, how they come about and yeah. yeah. Man, Love Once in Tea is... <coughs> so I literally made that record. I didn't even make it in a studio. I made it in a, in a living room, in a parlor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was in, I think, 1004. Yeah. In VI, that's where I made it. And, um, yeah, it was like around midnight. I was just, I was making a beat. Then after I made the beat, I freestyled on the beat. Like I, That's how I make most songs. So I just made it and I went to sleep. Then in the morning, I woke up and I heard it. I'm like, oh, man, I, w I was going to put words to the chorus. But when I woke up in the morning and I heard it, I'm like, this is actually hard as it is, you know? I tried to put words, but it wasn't sweet. <laughs> so I, I took it off and I kept it as it was. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I made that song. And I would say Love Entity has been through a whole journey, man. Like, Facts. the original version was never a single. It was never really seen as a single by the label at the time. Did you see it, was it as a single? I actually, actually did. Me and my A and R. Because I remember my you A and, and I Shea. had conversations about that, and mm -hmm. you were at that beginning. You were particular. You wanted a video for it. You felt mm -hmm. that it would, you know. Mm -hmm. So that meant that there was conversations. Yeah. yeah, it was. I would say specifically, it was me and my A and R. His name was Shay. Mm -hmm. Shay really believed in the record too. But I don't know, somehow, maybe people were not just seeing what we were seeing. So, I mean, we dropped the EP and organically, like, that was the go-to song for all the girls. So all the girls were making 
um, Instagram stories, yeah. Insta stories to the record, makeup videos, mostly makeup videos mm. and vibing videos. So that's kind of when I started to be like, okay, I'm not crazy, you mm. know. So we we did a remix with Joe Boy and Kwame Eugene, then yep. we shot the video and we dropped it on Valentine's Day, 2020. And like a month later, it started to kick off, literally just as COVID um, came. Down. Yeah. I know you tried to shoot for it before, and yeah. you weren't happy with the video. Yeah, it? it's so crazy. That video, I ended up editing it myself. I the remember. one we yeah, shot. Yeah, because yeah, it, didn't, it didn't come out well. And it was, it was like a whole long story, though. But I edited it. My, I had to edit it myself, the short film. <laughs> it's on my YouTube, and it's pretty nice, actually. It's a whole story. And it's like, if you listen to the projects and you watch the film, you understand. You get. you get it. You know, so it's called Alien. It's on YouTube, on my YouTube. Check it out. So, um, yeah, basically, we shot that video. We put it out. And a month later, it started to go crazy. Um, one of the first moments was Winnie Harlow requesting it on Diddy's Live. So after that, um, a series of things also kept happening internationally. And, you know, people started to notice, like, People in America, people in the UK, people in other European countries are like, oh, this song, you know. But then, <clears throat> okay, after that, different artists now kept reaching out to do remixes. Yeah. You know, we're go only going to do one remix at first. but um, Or rather, the label was going to do one remix. But then, um, different artists kept reaching out. So, it's so funny because the Moroccan remix, El Grande Toto, DM'd me. 24 hours before the deadline and he's like yo let's do a moroccan remix for this song it's crazy because i know like after the joe boy remix you went into you you went on a run yeah. with like remixes how many did you eventually do i think it was uh five mm. or so or four you know and that that moroccan one we li he literally sent that the last minute and we put it on and we released everything you know because at that point, I just felt like, okay, this record is, people love it. He told me it was already a hit in Morocco, already. But then I'm like, you know what, let's just do that version still because as much as music is energy and you can feel the vibes. Like, for instance, I can listen to a Spanish song and yeah. I, I can like the song. Fact. But if the, if the Spanish song has a, like a Nigerian remix in my language, Igbo, for instance, it just connects on a deeper level or if it's a Yoruba version or if it's a house that mm. version it's on a different level of connection you know Facts. so that was just the logic and we we're like yeah let's just let's just put them out and let people just feel the vibes you know we just put it out and people started going crazy for all the remixes so crazy because all the remixes are successful <laughs> you know what I mean so that was like 2020 you know what I mean and this was like in between my deal with Chocolate City and Warner Music Essay. So it was a very, yeah, it was a crazy time. And COVID and answers, yeah. you know, like a lot was just going on around that period. Um, but yeah, fast forward 2021, um, I dropped Boyfriend EP, my next EP yeah. after that. And um, yeah, out of the blue, there was an illegal remix. Mind you, there's lots of those illegal remixes of Love Entity on the internet. And so crazy because a bunch of them have millions of views. But there was a particular one by a DJ from Mauritius, DJ mm. Yo. So he took the acoustic from YouTube and he put drums on, on it and he uploaded it. 
he didn't i mean apparently he was trying to reach out to us funny enough yeah. i found this out later on that he actually tried but his dm got lost in a sea of dms so unfortunately but he just put it out and i'm glad he did to be honest even though you know it wasn't legal but i'm glad yeah. he did <laughs> he believed in it and he put it out and it went viral everyone loved it and it's it's kind of led to a series of trends like there was a dance trend there was a there was a you know this thing where people were showing their ages their star yeah, sign their yeah, country yeah, yeah there yeah, was there yeah. was that there was another dance trend there was just a series of different independent trends on tiktok that had nothing uh, to do with you know people just took it upon themselves they took it upon creating. themselves it's so crazy because the the first dance I had, to, I had to actually go and learn the dance <laughs> and do it after because it's like people were just doing all kinds of stuff like and i'm like wow crazy you know <laughs> that version became number one on global shazam literally 24 hours after um, my team reclaimed the song wow literally the next day it was number one on shazam and it was number one for two months straight on global shazam and that version was like a catalyst that led to all the versions going crazy so the original version is also on the top 50 the moroccan version also on the top 50 shazam charts and uh every other version literally like most some countries have djo version number one original number two moroccan number three or vice versa like the three versions at the, at the same time you know so it was just it was just crazy that dj <laughs> so is that dj cutting uh, a check from of, of course <laughs> he's smiling he's, too? he's he's gonna get a check from because the he, label he basically produced the, yeah. the remix yeah, that so, went crazy. Yeah, so paperwork was signed between the yeah. team and him and everything. So everyone is good. Um, That's mad. Shout out to him, man. Like DJU, he's my guy now. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was pissed because you know Are when you when I real? saw the remix, I was like, yo, because it had millions of streams on Spotify, and it's like, it's not just him. There was like a bunch of other people too. Illegal. So you must have felt like millions yo, man, these guys are ripping me off. Yeah, like lots of people were actually ripping me off like Damn. and it's so crazy because even after the djo version my team had to take down like five versions a week like there what? were like five different versions in fact some artists like i'll just be on my own and people would send me videos of people plagiarizing the song there was one that someone sent to me i think it's it's from bulgaria Wow. So uh, an artist, she took she took the beat, same beat, same everything, same melody, but different lyrics, <laughs> and it was number one in the country in her country. No so way. it's ridiculous, man. Like <laughs> it's a song that is just stubborn. <laughs> nah, that's a, you know with the story of the record. First of all, how important is social media now to to the music business, especially with very. what you're seeing happen with loved ones? Very, very like. How how I'm I'm starting to see it is, you know, I feel like for the longest time people have this misconception of online and offline, and it's Remember like I used to push you back then on that social media stuff. Yeah, it's like now <laughs> you agree. No, no, I always agreed actually, yeah. but it's like people always used to demarcate mm, offline and online like like it wasn't. It's not the same. The thing. same thing. But at the end of the day, the social media is literally just like we're in this room Facts. and we're connecting. Facts. So if if we are not in this room, social media would help us, us together. be together, Facts. and this same conversation would still happen. You know, if you let's I say agree. you meet a girl you like and you and you talk to her in real life, 
that's dope. But you could also meet a girl you like on Instagram and talk Fact. to her, and it's the Fact. same thing. So social media is literally like a web like that, that connects everyone. So yeah. right now, I feel like social media is... Bro, like if, if you're not on social media or you don't believe in social media, I don't even know what to say to you because this is 2021. The world is a smaller place now. Music travels at the speed of light. Hmm. If, if the music is good, people will fuck with it. If it's not good, Facts. they don't fuck with it. But right now, I feel like <laughs> with the way social media is right now, the sky is literally the limit. Facts. You know, like you have people going viral every day. You have content creators doing crazy Facts. stuff not just even musicians like comedians Facts. um influencers yeah. fashionistas yeah. fashion designers models you know different people are using this platform to share their talents with the world and to the world is themselves. loving it so i would say um i am fortunate to be one of those people that you know had something to offer and the world connected with it through Abs social media absolutely before we we, we wrap up um, you were featured on, on, on the David O record. Yes. Talk to me about that record and featuring uh, with one of Afrobeat's legends right Legend. now, David O. Legend. Yo, it's so crazy because I feel like I feel like sometimes, yeah, the, the craziest moments in my life happen so let me not say random, but it, it happens so unplanned, mm. you know? So it was it was just a day I went to Budge's house actually. I went to see Budge. Right? So we we were making a song and I ran into Asa there at the house. So we were all just talking. This was literally my first time going out of my house actually after after lockdown. Yeah. This was the very first time. So I just went there and we we're just talking vibing and uh one thing led to another, one thing led to another. Me and Asa we, we got talking and we exchanged numbers and everything. And it's so funny cuz me and Asa had actually met a couple before. times before, but you know, sometimes you meet people and the conversation doesn't, doesn't just like, stick well. yeah, yeah. But this time we just vibed, and um, yeah, a couple of days later, I was in the studio with uh, Blaze Beats, yeah. So we made like we cooked up a vibe, and I was like, yo, this vibe is actually crazy. And the first person that came to my mind was David O. So I sent a side text, I'm like, yo, listen to this, like, David would sound crazy on this, you know. So immediately, like, literally, in like one or two minutes he's like oh david loves the song like let's link up and record it let's let's finish the song so i'm like oh for real i was like oh okay so i literally got dressed <laughs> like i didn't expect he was going to revive me that quickly so i literally got dressed um i got in the car and we went there and i met david and he was he was so cool he was so nice that was actually my first time meeting him you know, like, I mean, I used to watch him on TV, you know, like, from Skillywood yeah. days yeah. to um, Dami Duro. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, David Doe is definitely one of those people that all of us as youngins were, like, we look up to, you know mm. what I mean? So, um, I was I was excited. I was like, yo, let's make the song. So, we got in the studio, we made the song, and uh, we put it out. He put it out, he put it on his album. He was really cool. He was the greatest vibes from day mm. one. You know, really good vibe. You know, David is very down to earth. I'm sure you know this. Facts. So Facts. that's basically how it started. Facts. And he put me on the album and we put out the song and everyone loved the song. So yeah, everybody definitely big shout outs. That. Big shout out to my big bro, David O. Uh, now, in a couple of weeks, you've had your own first headline performance in London. A big round of applause to that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I have to say, it was... Uh, 
at least 98% women. That <laughs> a deliberate action. Nah. What, it what, what's going on there? I walked into the place, I felt like a minority. What's happening? Bruh. It was Yo, crazy. It bro. was. It wasn't even deliberate. Like, what? I mean, I, I, <laughs> bro. Like, I just, I posted, I posted the poster, and uh, women came. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. But Yo, but what was it like to, you know, to have your first performance in London? It was amazing. And to have that type of experience backed up by the incredible composers. It was amazing. Like. It was it was literally my first performance in London. Like before then, I hadn't even performed at anyone's yeah. show yeah. or anything. Like it was literally my first, and um, the energy was so crazy. Like, you know, it was one of the most memorable memorable nights of my year. Absolutely. You know, I was like, I remember that night a lot. So big shout out to everyone that came through that day. You know, it was a special day. <laughs> big shout out to you yeah. too, because I feel like I feel like it's actually. It's so great that you were there because the first time I was in London, you were the guy, you know? You were the guy that very, took me around and stuff. So emotional for me as well. And I'm very grateful I had the opportunity to share that, to see the story from the Thank beginning. You. And, you know, you have flowers around the whole place. Ladies <laughs> love that African boyfriend. Listen, how many girlfriends do you have now? <laughs> Actually, you know, let's talk, actually talk. I, I don't even have a girlfriend, you know? So you're just basically having as many relationships as you can. Talk that shit, <laughs> Nah, so I, I mean, I have. You're living your life. <laughs> I have, I have lots of friends. Oh, here we go. Here know, we go. Um, female friends. Oh, but yeah. I don't. I'm not in a relationship right now. The last relationship I was in didn't end very well. What song came out of that? Love on Tinty. Oh shoot. Yeah. Does she know that she she now she I does? Think, I think she does. And she, so. she hasn't sent you a message maybe to say, let's maybe we can work this out with all these platinum packs you're picking up. We might be able to work this out. Uh, uh, unlikely. <laughs> Very <laughs> unlikely. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's smalls, that's smalls. But I mean, it's all good. Like, but right now, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in a relationship right now. In fact, I feel like I'm too busy. To yeah, the same, same story. To That's the same story. No, that, listen. But it's it's not even just the story. Like it's literally it's the reality. Like I used to like when I used to see artists say stuff like that. Mm. I used to think, oh, it's just bands. But like now that I'm at that point, I actually understand. Yes. Like like I understand exactly what they used to say. Like there's so much involved in relationships. Like there's a lot of attention and time and. You know, it's it's just hard mm. for someone like me. It's it's just it's hard. But, yeah, what about like as a creative <laughs> person in the music business? A lot of people have, find it very difficult to be in relationships. Do you think that's gonna be the story going forward, or you you think you'll be able to adapt later on? To be honest, I feel I feel like to be in a relationship yeah. in the entertainment industry. Well, let me not speak for everyone, Sha. Let me speak for myself, <clears throat> but. For me to be in a relationship right now, I think there's a high level of understanding that has to be there from mm. my partner and uh, discipline also for myself mm. too. Because, I mean, it's a crazy, it's a crazy world we live in. Your and brother Blackbone said he, you know, he made it clear <laughs> that he wasn't, he, he definitely was uh, going to hang out with sex over love. Yeah, I mean that's cool, but <laughs> for me, I mean, I mean, I I like love, mm. I like relationships. S sometimes, you know, I feel like 
it's just how we're designed as human beings. Like, no matter how long you want to be in the streets, I mean, I've been in the streets, you know what I mean? But but no matter how long you want to be in the streets, Mm -hmm. there's a part of you that always just wants love and wants to be loved, you know? And no no one can deny that. So it's kind of, it's kind of the situation and, you know, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it's just a complicated thing, but, Mm. Let's just say for me right now, uh, I feel like when I meet the right person, I'm gonna know. But right now, yeah, I'm not in the right. <laughs> Finally, you walked out at the O2 Arena last night. Twenty thousand fans. <laughs> Day three of the Whiskey Residency, groundbreaking residency at the O2 Arena. To an electric response. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you walk calmly with that guitar. <laughs> I would have been playing out of key. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Talk, walk me through that experience. Yo, from that was, getting a call from Wiz. That was so crazy. You know what's so crazy? That was so last minute. Like literally on Tuesday. Wait, what's today? Today is Friday, yeah. right? So on uh, Thursday. Today's Thursday. Oh, today's Thursday. Oh, yeah, today's Thursday. So on, uh, I think on Tuesday, I was just, I was just in my house, you know. Then, um, you know, I got the, I got the call, and I, this was so last minute. You know, I was in London two weeks yeah, ago, two weeks so ago. I already left London. I'm like, oh man, I have to go back. <laughs> so I literally got a ticket that day, and I flew out to London the next day for Wizkid's show, and um, it was crazy. Like, it's so crazy because the guitar thing was his idea, and he yeah. suggested it last minute are you for real like literally last minute had he seen you play guitar before i don't know like when, when we we're talking backstage he said he had but i'm like oh i, I didn't know he had social media. Probably, social <laughs> probably social media. media so he was like yo let's give them that real music you know he was like he was telling me that i feel like sometimes you know the normal performances are great and everything but sometimes you need to like Something play special. real music you know, and that was really crazy. So we did it, and it was crazy. He called me up, and I did my thing, and it was crazy. You know, it was my first time performing at the O2, and it was my first time performing with Wiz as well. And he was really cool, um, great guy, proud of what Afrobeats is doing right now. I feel like, I feel like right now, like this is the time, and I feel like I'm happy that there's more and more love in the industry right now because. I think everyone Facts. has just realized Facts. that there's like Together. bigger goals, Facts. you know, there's like bigger fish to fry. So my generation, yeah. the generation before, like, I just feel like love is key, Yeah, you know, love is key. And yeah, like we have to just conquer the world with this sound. And the only way that can happen is if we're all united and if we all just have love for each other. So last night, I would say was a testament to that. And yeah, big shout out to Wiz for bringing me out. That was like a crazy moment. It was a crazy <laughs> moment, man. And definitely a memorable moment. Nobody in that crowd will forget who CK was. Of course, obviously, everyone was singing the <laughs> song. But definitely. the fact that the way you came out and you just performed calmly, then switched it up and turned yeah. it upside down. I yeah. thought that was congratulations on that, my brother. Uh, and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, is the multi-talented and hugely successful 
very single Africa's <laughs> boyfriend. CK! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Man. Until next time, it's peace. We're out. Right. 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 Right.